At long last, it's Medigap versus Medicare Advantage. My explanation coming up next. Welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. My name is J.O. I'm your host. I'm also the author of Maximize Your Medicare. It's available everywhere, published this year by Allworth Press. Go to the website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. You can see a bunch of videos, instructional videos, as well as official government resources, which may be required if you have a special circumstance or if you wanted to just read through the official government documents, all there stored on the website, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. As always, today's not financial advice. I need to know a lot more about your personal private situation in order to do so. You can send me your email questions by going to the website and clicking on Ask Jay. You could also send me a direct email by following the link which is included in the text of this podcast. One special announcement is that over the past week, I have released the date of Medicare ABCs, which is a virtual event now that everybody knows how Zoom and teleconferencing works. It is going to be on October 5th at 1 p.m. The text for the registration form is in the text of this podcast. Pre-registration is required. This is not going to be available for public use after the podcast. So it's one time only. It's going to be live and I'll answer questions. I'm going to review all parts of Medicare, Medigap, as well as Medicare Advantage. Take your questions at that time. But again, Capacity is limited. That's just basically the way that these, you know, teleconferencing sites work, as well as pre-registration for the Maximize Your Medicare newsletter. You will be subscribed to it. You can unsubscribe, although it has lots of information, keeps you up to date on what's going on, not only on Medicare, but on other financial topics as well. The main point of today is going to be about Medicare Advantage versus Medigap or Medigap versus Medicare Advantage. I don't really care which way you want to put it. This is the number one question being asked by pretty much everywhere because the fact of the matter is it can be confusing which configuration is best. And if you ask 10 friends, you may get 10 different answers. The bottom line is that I am agnostic here, meaning that as long as you understand what you're getting in for, what the pros and cons, the features and the shortcomings of each configuration are, as you know, if you're aware of what they actually are, then the reality is, is that the consumers are largely happy with the choice that they have made. There are a lot of choices. People come and ask me, well, why does it have to be this confusing? There are 60 million people across the United States who are Medicare beneficiaries. We're not going to find one solution that fits everyone, every price point, every healthcare situation, period. So 
while I can sympathize with the fact that it's confusing, the fact for me is that wider choices puts more power in the hands of the consumer. And that, to me, is a positive. Let's move forward. So I'm going to start with Medigap. And Medigap is going to be described as a set of standardized plans lettered A through N. This is a grid. You'll be able to see it in mail. You can also go to the website where I give you the grid, basically, or replicate the grid. It is a standardized grid. By standardized, it's very important to understand. What that means is that plan N by carrier number one is the identical thing to plan N by a carrier number three. It's not kind of the same. It is precisely the same, down to the letter. Now, does that mean that I think that all carriers for a particular plan are the same? No, it doesn't. My private clients get my specific insight on that. But I'm talking about Medigap as a whole. These plans, generally speaking, the premium is very, very competitive. For a 65-year-old, you're talking about for a female turning 65, many, many locations in the country in the low 100s, and I've even seen lower than $100 a month. The premiums increase with age generally. And, you know, here's I'm going to swerve quickly to Medicare.gov. It looks like you can get your information from Medicare.gov about Medigap. The reality is I never use that site for Medigap purposes. Never. The reason is, is that it character, it, first of all, it's outdated. The prices aren't, aren't right. And then in addition to that, it, the characterization about attained age and, you know, issue age are, are, is just misleading. It's just misleading. So the reality is good as Medicare.gov can be for Medicare Advantage or Part D purposes, it isn't good for Medigap purposes. For that, for razor's edge pricing, that's what I'm providing to clients. And this is important because this is a math of money exercise, right? I mean, if they're off by 200 or $200 a year, that's not zero. That's not zero. And to some households, that marginal $200 can change their mind because Medicare Advantage, Medigap can be that competitive. Okay. Back off the soapbox and let's continue. So the outstanding features about Medigap, what are they? Number one, there's no network. Any healthcare provider that accepts the federal Medicare card, they accept Medigap full stop, period. Now, sometimes what can happen is somebody makes a mistake, the billing office manager or the clerk. They say, we don't accept this plan. And even though it's a Medigap plan. The only instances that I've seen this is when the, they are showing a card by the same company, which also happens to be a Medicare Advantage carrier. This can happen. This can happen. I, I know it's happened because it's happened and I had to make a personal call. And not by incompetent practices. It was a competent practice that I've had to call. I've had to do this on multiple occasions. The second outstanding thing about Medigap is, as I mentioned before, it's standardized, meaning that the benefits are directly comparable to another. Third, it's grandfathered. What's the grandfather? Does that mean? 
it means that the coverage does not change through time period. It can't change. The sellers have no leeway to change the language of the coverage. They have the leeway to change the premium. They don't have the leeway to change the coverage. Very important aspects here. So you can understand in a world of uncertainty. And the uncertainty can be not only your own life, your own situation, but also created from external factors. For example, COVID. Anyway, the point is that these three features are, you know, they they add stability to you. And this is, of course, you know, the outstanding feature of Medigap. One last thing about, you know, the renewal. It doesn't actually have a calendar schedule, meaning that I'm talking right now in the middle of the summer. The reality is, is if you want to change Medigap carriers, you can do so. But if you're beyond 65 and a half, or if you don't have a special exception and you don't live in a special state, then you would have to pass medical underwriting. Enrollment into Medigap is simple if you are first becoming eligible for Medicare Part B. And it's not for Part A because, as you know, many people work beyond the age of 65. The point is is the following. is It's July 27th today. The reality is, and let's say your birthday is August 5th of next next month, you have the right to enroll in any Medigap plan for the first six months. First six months. So it's important to understand the six-month period. It is either the time that you are first turning 65. Well, I guess you only turn 65 once, right? But for example, if your Part B card reads August 1st, you've got the six-month period from that point. In addition to that, let's say you have delayed Part B enrollment because you are full-time working and covered by your employer. That six-month period becomes the day that you turn on Part B. That is important stuff because the sellers must accept your application. You get the best price at that point in time with no questions asked. Now, beyond that point, however, now it can be a lot more complicated. There are special situations that you can still enroll in Part B. What are they? Well, you could have been on Medicare Advantage and you moved, and the Medicare Advantage plan doesn't exist in the new location. That's one that you could have changed to Medigap. In addition to that, there are special states where there are no restrictions regarding enrollment. Massachusetts, New York, for example. The third situation here is that you need to understand that switching into Medigap from Medicare Advantage also has certain situations where there are exceptions. There's the 12-month trial right. There's the idea that you started on Medigap, moved to Medicare Advantage, and want to go back to Medigap. Those are possible. These are very complicated exceptions. Guidance required, hint. But they do exist. Let's say, for example, that you don't fit into these exceptions or you don't live in a location where these exceptions exist. Can you apply for Medigap after the age of 65 and a half? The answer to that is yes, 
but there's going to be some words of caution. Number one is that the sellers, they get to ask you whatever question they want. And we should not presume that all the sellers are going to ask the same questions, right? In other words, you don't go to history class and all history teachers are the same. No, there are going to be special nuances based on some you know particular bias or background of the teacher. In that same way, you have that distinct, intentional question set of questions being asked by individual carriers. Now, this is a subtle point, but it's an important one. Why? And the reason is that certain persons come to me and I know they're a borderline case, meaning that they could be accepted by one carrier and not accepted by the other. Well, there could be reason that I help direct to the carrier where the probability of acceptance could be higher. Do I have a crystal ball? The answer is no. And can anything happen? Yes. Nevertheless, there's anecdotal evidence and there's also evidence from the actual applications themselves. Last point here about trying to apply for Medigap beyond the age of 65 and beyond the Medigap open enrollment period is in the age of COVID-19, I can't imagine that being accepted into Medigap is going to be easier from this point, meaning that you could have been asymptomatic and had COVID-19 and then had some other damage that may have not been picked up. These types of things are sources of you know, uncertainty. Guess who doesn't like uncertainty? You don't like uncertainty? Neither do the sellers of Medigap. So the sellers of Medigap, they have to sell you Medigap if you apply during the Medigap open enrollment period. But after it's over, all bets are off. And readers of the Maximize Your Medicare newsletter know this, that my word of warning has been, look, we know how the sellers work and the, they don't like uncertainty. So in the age of pandemic, the only logical conclusion I can draw is the fact that underwriting, it's not going to get any easier. The flip side to what I just said is the fact that there can be brutal competition and are sellers then relaxing their underwriting standard? That is conceivable. I'm not going to say it's not conceivable. And the reason I can tell you that it's that competitive is in the most competitive places in the country, I have witnessed, counseled, helped persons enroll in Medigap and have found five to seven sellers within $10 a month for a female turning 65. In other words, you don't, <laughs> you actually don't even need to know what the price is because much in the way that you look on something on eBay or Amazon, you know what the price is for a commodity product. These products are exactly interchangeable. That doesn't mean that I'm going to choose one versus the other. But as far as knowing what the price is, the correct clearing price for that product is, you know it. Medicare Advantage is both easier and harder to explain than Medigap. Medicare Advantage is known as Medicare Part C by some. These are plans that are administered by individual insurance companies. These plans are approved every year on an annual basis by the federal government, the CMS. Everything is handled by the private company, all of it. This 
largely, in most cases, also includes embedded prescription drug benefits. Okay, so you don't need to have a separate Part D. It usually is embedded inside. Some people choose to not to take a Medicare Advantage plan without prescription benefits. That is possible, for example, if you have prescription drug benefits from another source like the VA. In general, this package of Part C or Medicare Advantage plans, they must be as good as original Medicare. That said, that does not mean that every single line item is better than Medicare. It can be the case that while the package as a whole is better, that's got to be proven to the federal government in order to get approval. That doesn't mean every single line item is specifically better than original Medicare. Now that's out of the way. What do you need to know about Medicare Advantage? Number one, you need to understand this is annual contract. Okay, its very nature is annual contract. Every moving part moves every year. There's no getting around that. The approval process happens every year. And the as a result, the sellers are all competing with each other every year. They're looking for market share. They want wider geographies. They're trying to win your business. And so that also means that you are you know, kind of responsible to check because these movements are not going to be small. I, it, it's, it's probably the thing that I've, that I've used more time in stating to people. It's probably, yeah, the second, maybe the second most. The first one is don't delay enrollment. But the second one is that you should be checking this every year. One, even after enrolled, you should be checking this every year. The financial difference by keeping the old plan in the drawer and not checking it, this can easily be $500 a year, easily, easy. Why? Just because the medication lists have changed, because some benefit that you know you're going to use is going to be substantially better and it is improved in a plan that is not yours. This happens every single year, every year, no failure to that conclusion. Okay. Off the soapbox. The second thing to know about Medicare Advantage is there's then separate cost sharing, meaning your responsibilities of copay, coinsurance, deductible, those are determined by the carrier and they're going to be different from one another. So you don't get the ability to directly compare as you could on Medigap. The third is you must understand network. The first thing here under network is you need to know that for out-of-network, if you use an out-of-network provider, the different Medicare Advantage plans will vary wildly here, wildly. Some networks, you don't get any coverage. You've got to pay 100%. Other types of Medicare Advantage plans, you can have a known copay or known coinsurance price. You've got different out-of-pocket maximums if you use both in-network and out-of-network. And these subtle points are enormous. Like I said, the differences here among the plans here can be very, very large. And I have seen incredible innovation by the sellers. Creativity. Creativity. This is ultimately in the buyer's favor. Because why? 
the new carriers, the carriers who are trying to get better, bigger presence, get more business, they are turning the screws. They are sharpening their pencils, very sharp, to your benefit. But again, you need to understand how it works. And for Medicare Advantage, that means understanding how in and out of network costs differ. Once you understand those three components, you can now then see the challenge of choosing amongst Medicare Advantage plans. You basically have a much lower premium. In other words, we can find Medicare Advantage plans many different types where you live at $0 a month. I'm going to swerve right here. How does how they do this? The reason is they receive a per diem from the federal government for the fact that you've paid for Part B as well as paid for income taxes. Right. So as a result, it's kind of like you're giving an allowance to a child and they're divvying it out. They're dividing it across, you know, bubblegum trading cards, a slurpee. Well, in the same way, they're divide the insurance carriers, they're basically budgeting their per diem and then dividing it into packages of benefits that they believe that the population is going to want to demand. And this ongoing exercise changes every single year. And the ability to change, the ability to change amongst Medicare Advantage plans is not difficult. Every year during the annual election period, October 15th through December 7th, you've got the unrestricted right. You also have uh, the right to change to a five-star Medicare Advantage plan once a year if, for example, you find one and you determine that it's going to fit your needs or your benefits are going to be superior for you, you do have the right to change into a five-star Medicare Advantage plan once a year. Before I go into the specific pros and cons of the different plans and then you know comparing them side by side, I just wanted to give you then this general idea about the switch option which is that can you switch from Medigap to Medicare Advantage? The answer to that is yes. You can do that every single year during the annual election period. There's no restriction to that. Can you switch from Medicare Advantage to Medigap? Unless you have an exception, the answer to that is no. So just think to yourself commercially, if I have an option that goes in one direction but not in the other, one of those two is going to cost more, right? I mean, I don't need to know anything about insurance in order to reach that very common sense conclusion. And so there you have it. That do does describe part of the financial difference due to the fact that Medigap to Medicare Advantage has superior optionality. Let's say, for example, that you do, however, uh, you can pass medical underwriting. You're in good health but and you've had Medicare Advantage, but ultimately you want to end up with Medigap. Is that possible? Yes, but I just urge caution in this instance to take very careful caution, precaution to not do so in the wrong order. And the reason is that I wouldn't want you to have no additional medical coverage. So what you have to do is you have to apply for Medigap first, and then and only then, then you would switch and cancel your Medicare Advantage plan. This is allowable 
during the annual election period. It's also allowable during the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period, which runs through the first quarter of the year. Now, the fact of the matter is, while it's important, while these windows exist, the order that I just mentioned is important because let's say, for example, you try to apply for Medigap, right? And then your, and then your, um, your application is rejected. You don't have the right to double back and re-enter into Medicare Advantage plan that you canceled two weeks prior. That, that door doesn't open. So that's why it's very important to first get accepted into Medigap before even attempting to cancel a Medicare Advantage plan. So that brings us to the bottom line, right? Which in, and we get this all the time, and you know there are books, there are videos on this. <coughs> there are lots of different ways to compare it, but here's my way. Okay, so the first three are inherently in Medigap's favor, no matter what anybody says. Number one, the type of contract. Number two, the ability to switch. And number three, network. These three are all must be in favor of Medigap. The type of contract for Medigap is is due to the fact that it's standardized and grandfathered. And the fact that Medicare Advantage is an annual contract. You know, it is true. Medicare Advantage is improving due to increased per diem and very brutal competition. No one said it can't reverse, right? And so just because of the fact that it's been a one-way train where Medicare Advantage has gotten better and better every year, well, let's all of a sudden say that CMS said, okay, well, we have to cut down the per diem. Or let's say for some other unbeknownst reason, the cost of healthcare increases and therefore the per diem doesn't go as far. You take any of these, right? In other words, Medigap, nothing ever moves. There, there are no moving parts. The only moving part is, is your medical procedure, healthcare procedure approved by Medicare itself. And from there, Medigap pays the balance, period. The ability to switch, you can hear from what I had said, switching from Medigap to Medicare Advantage is unrestricted. You just need to wait for the annual election period. If you want to switch from Medicare Advantage to Medigap, then you have to either pass medical underwriting or have a special situation. So again, in those in that way, Medigap is superior. And, and th- these are undisputed reality is. I mean, this is not really a judgment. This is as this is plain black and white. Network, the third, is again superior as far as Medi- Medigap can, goes. The reason is Medigap virtually has no network. The network is the network of healthcare providers that accept the federal Medicare card. Now, can that change? The answer is yeah, it can, meaning that can more healthcare providers, doctors, hospitals, clinics, whatever, can they stop taking Medicare? Yes. Does that happen in certain locations throughout the country? Again, the answer is yes. You know what? It's the same at Medicare Advantage. They have to take Medicare anyway. So it's always going to be better. 
under Medigap compared to Medicare Advantage. While Medicare Advantage has improved, PPOs now at $0 premium. HMOs where you have something called open network for HMOs. That is that is fine, meaning that they are getting better at Medicare Advantage, but not to the standard of Medigap. And you can't get around those three aspects, which are clearly superior. Of course, to you know, those of you who've listened to me speak about financial topics or <laughs> any topic uh, in the past, you knew that, however, is going to come, and here it is. However, it's not the slam dunk for Medigap that you know the first three elements tell it to be, right? Which is, let's just take about premium. So clearly, premium in the favor of Medicare Advantage, meaning that Medicare Advantage competent, highly competent plans can cost $0 a month. You have to be enrolled in Part A, Part B. That's the case in either situation. Therefore, that's just you know a tie, a push. But Medicare Advantage at zero, yes, that's viable. And in fact, this has gone on for some period, meaning that when I first wrote Maximizer Medicare, there used to be Medicare Advantage plans which cost more than Medigap. So why would I pay more for Medigap, Medicare Advantage than I would for Medigap when Medigap has those inherent superior superiorities? You just wouldn't. However, right, just like any financial option, right, it, this is not just a question of coverage. This is about question of coverage at what price. And the fact of the matter is, if you're 70 years old, Right, you're not 65, but you're now 70. Can you be looking at $1,800 a year in premium for Medigap? The answer is yes. Well, Medicare Advantage can be zero still because it doesn't. The premium does not depend on your age. You can understand. Now you're 80 years old. Now your Medigap premium can be $350 a month. Okay. Maybe, you know, at $100 a month, it didn't matter. Now it's $350 a month. And not only that, but the inherent betterness, betterness is certainly not a word, the, the superior assets, aspects of Medigap start to erode, right? In other words, maybe network doesn't matter as much when you're 80 years old. Why? Because you're not in an RV, you know, hiking up and down the Grand Canyon, stuff like that. You're not moving around as much. So the constraints of network may not matter any longer. This is happening now. It's so extreme. It's so extreme that the Medigap premium can be higher than the Medicare Advantage PPO out-of-pocket maximum. This is happening today, I promise you. The second reason that it's not a slam dunk in favor of Medigap is prescriptions. So what is not told to you necessarily or Blair, you know, is not sitting out there with a neon sign is you remember I was describing this per diem process, which is Medicare Advantage carriers, they get their allowance from the CMS and then they divvy it out across all these different benefit packages. It is very clear what they've intentionally done. They've intentionally taken some of their allowance 
and plowed it into prescription drug coverage. Do not be surprised if I reported to you, and this happens now, which is I get the call. They say, Jay, my main thing is that I'm getting, you know, my out-of-pocket expense for my medications is too high. Well, the reality is, is that Medigap and Part D, the standalone prescription plan, can result in higher drug prices than under Medicare Advantage. For example, we're going to see a national mandate on a cap on insulin this year in 2021. Well, the reality is under certain Medicare Advantage plans, currently there are Medicare Advantage plans where the copay for certain brands of insulin is zero. The third aspect of why you might want to consider Medicare Advantage is the fact that the convenience and packaging of Medicare Advantage has made it convenient. <clears throat> For example, enhanced dental and vision exists at prices that you cannot buy in the private market on a standalone basis. Now, the difference isn't huge, but here's a, here's a good rule of thumb. For example, enhanced dental and vision somewhere in the mid to low $30 a month if attached to Medicare Advantage, that is very doable. You can certainly find it. That said, if you try to buy standalone prescription coverage, I'm sorry, standalone dental and vision coverage, that is going to cost you something in the 50s to $60 a month. So now you can see it. It's not only that you have these extra packages but they're coming at better price points than you would be able to find in the marketplace. If you just called me out of the blue and asked me, Jay, how much would it cost for dental insurance? I've not spoken about uh, health club membership. And generally speaking, Medicare Advantage plans, the majority that I've seen actually have some type of health club discount or membership, such as silver sneakers, attached to the Medicare Advantage plan. I wouldn't go too crazy about this, that said, because Medigap carriers have started to add this feature on top of Medigap as a separate item. It just goes to show you that the market for your business is so competitive that it's worth shopping around in order to find out and get the best benefits for your dollar. The last thing I'm going to talk about is brokerage. And the way that Medicare is sold to you, presented to you, you know, can have a def bunch of different models. And I'm going to be very biased, and that's why I left it to the end, which is I'm a broker, right? I am not a captive employee. There's a reason for that. And you could hear it throughout today, which is I do believe in getting the best benefits. But the reality is I didn't say irrespective of price. I would never say that. You're buying protection against financial liability. That, by its nature, is a financial matter. That means math of money. One of those inputs is price. Given how competitive it was, has been, is going to be, then it just doesn't make sense to go to a captive employee of a single individ individual insurance company. They can't offer you the range of prices and benefits in a world that is this competitive with this many capable competitors, period. That's ultimately the reason that I suggest 
people go to brokers, not because Jay's a broker. One more thing, and you can see it everywhere uh, if you go to YouTube and you go to YouTube and you go to my channel and then you go and you'll see other suggested videos, you will find that the number of videos on Medigap you know, outnumbers the number of videos on Medicare Advantage by what? Four to one, five to one, 10 to one. It's something that extreme. And you got to understand why. And this is me kind of being casting a cynical eye, stink eye at these what's going on, which is the fact of the matter is it's more work for me personally to get aligned with all the Medicare Advantage carriers and Part D carriers. You know, the fact of the matter is I want to show clients, prospects, new new persons to Medicare, existing clients, I want to show them the full suite, the full suite. Not even, not certainly just one company, but what ends up happening is I have to get permission from every Medicare Advantage carrier and every Part D sponsor one by one, no shortcut. So now you can multiply the number of states and the number of carriers that I've got to repeat this from every year. The fact of the matter is, what ends up happening is, for example, on YouTube or word of mouth, some of the bias towards Medigap and Part D is due to the fact that the even independent brokers they may not have gone through the trouble, the work. They've not necessarily gone through the work in order to tease out all the differences. Unfortunately, the person who pays that price is you, who doesn't get the full benefit for their dollar if you only get shown a partial you know, part of the menu and not the full menu. That's it for today. Be sure to register for the virtual event. Go to www.maximizeyourmedicare. There's a button there to say virtual event. You have to pre-register. Even since starting recording this video, you know, 10% more of the spots were taken. In addition to that, please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a five-star rating. Not enough people know about this podcast. I'm committed to keep continuing it because I know that people want to listen to podcasts and I do believe in it because I see the numbers and I know that there are loyal listeners out there. It's just a matter of getting more people to know it. Uh, last thing here, and you know, this is kind of important and not really have not really made a big point of it, which is your neighbor, your brother, your ex-colleague from work if they know more about Medicare, it reduces the chance of having an unpaid medical bill. That can only help the system. That can only help you. And in this world where our society is fragmented to, I don't know, however many uncountable number of fragments, reality is, is common knowledge about Medicare can unify not only for yourself, but for your neighbor or someone next door. I'm Jay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Talk to you next time.